what are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, send me tracing out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. We've got a very exciting show for you today because I am labeling this one as the more you know episode. We've got (laughs) a lot of stats and a lot of interesting ideas for the next season. And before we get into that, we're going to talk about a strange incident that happened to a player from the Eagles, former player for the Eagles, Michael Kendricks. He was rumored to have been visiting the Vikings and the Browns, and Ian Rappaport decided he was going to break the news that he was signing with the Browns. And immediately after, Michael Kendricks called him a liar. <laughs> and immediately after he called him a liar, he signed with the Browns. Uh <laughs> I, I don't understand what is going through Michael Kendrick's head, but maybe that's why the Eagles decided to just let him go. Yeah, who knows? Because <laughs> that is really funny. Yeah, I'm I'm not signing with them. What are you talking about? No, I'm gonna sign. Actually, I decided two minutes later that I would do it. So I mean, I don't know. They're gonna use him because they don't have a lot of other depth there. But I mean, he could end up starting if he takes that role to the next level. But they have three guys in the linebackers' positions that I would say were probably cemented in that spot, but who knows? Yeah, uh, but all three of those guys, they're starting linebackers from last year. Kirksey, Schobert, right. and Collins are all very good linebackers. So, I mean, as a depth signing, it makes sense, but he does have incentives that could make him up to $3-plus million. So, yeah. if he's motivated, he's got a chance to... Make a little mm-hmm. bit of money next year and maybe sign uh, with somebody else he says he's not going to sign with next year. <laughs> All right. That, uh, there's not a whole lot of news this week, so we're going to get no. right into our interesting episode. And we're going to be talking about the first four rounds of ADP, average draft position. Tom and I both have our four rounds set up and we've got interesting tidbits all the way through so without further ado we're gonna get right into this okay round one fight there's not a whole lot of difference in most people's round one in fantasy football this year in fact our first three are all exactly the same Le'Veon Bell Todd Gurley and David Johnson yeah now not exciting not exciting but there are some interesting tidbits that come with those players, mainly Bell and Gurley, because Bell had 400-plus touches last year. Mm-hmm. And the last four times a player has reached 400-plus touches in a single season, their production decreased by an average of 186 <laughs> PPR points the next year. So if you subtract those 186 PPR points from Le'Veon Bell's 2017 totals, he would drop from the second-ranked fantasy runner to the 26th-ranked fantasy runner. (laughs) No, I I, don't think that's going to happen with him. But you have to consider it the last four times. This guy's either gotten hurt or fell off the face of the earth. I mean, that's a lot of production and a lot of work that's going to take a toll on somebody's body. Yeah, I mean, with him, he he does have a history of being hurt 
um, sometimes and uh, suspended that one time. I wouldn't imagine that that statistic goes uh, in that direction for him this year. No, I could see him falling off a little bit if they don't want to run him into the ground, but I don't know what they're doing if they going to keep franchise tagging him or sign him to a long-term deal. If they do yeah. plan on signing to a long-term deal, I would imagine they're not going to run him into the ground this year. And on that point, uh, Todd Gurley, he led the running back position in fantasy points last year. And if you're looking at it the way that it was throughout the history until LaDainian Tomlinson, he's probably not going to do it again. But I wouldn't put it past Todd Gurley to do that either because, I mean, he – he had a 164.1 point increase from the previous year to last year. So that tells me right there that he's not going to decrease very far. I would imagine if he decreases, it's not going to push him out of the top five. So oh, no. There's there's no way, unless he gets hurt, that he shouldn't be a top five running back. Though I can see where his production may fall off because he led the league with 749 yards after the catch yeah so if the rams are in the lead he's probably not going to be needing to catch a lot of those balls yeah and that's that's true and they also have a better receiver than um sammy Watkins with cooks so they might just lean on him a little more and they did last year very very true uh and our third uh, running back was David Johnson, and everybody knows he can be the guy. He wants to get a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. Yeah, and if he's healthy and his wrist stays intact, I see no reason why he couldn't pull that off. Yeah, I completely believe in him. And I tell you what, there was one mock draft. He went all the way to eighth. I had the like tenth or eleventh picks, but I was like, holy cow! I couldn't believe it. Oh yeah, if if I could fall into david johnson with the eighth pick in a yeah. draft i would be yep. more than ecstatic all right our number mm-hmm. fours are different uh four and five are actually swapped between us you have ezekiel elliott at four and antonio brown at five right. and i have the reverse of that only because i think antonio brown is the safer pick because the the cowboys are who knows what if Dak prescott can't get his stuff together I don't think Zeke will have as productive as a year, but he's going to get so many touches that it doesn't even matter. I mean, when you look at the Cowboys, their top-scoring fantasy back has finished no worse than 13th in each of the last five seasons. DeMarco Murray, 7th and 1st in 2013 and 14. Derek McFadden even ranked 13th. And, of course, Zeke finished 2nd and ninth, and that was with a suspension. So... There's no reason that he's not going to get a whole lot of touches and a whole lot of points, even if the Cowboys aren't that good. Yeah, I mean, and through his first 25 career games, he averaged 18.82 PPR points per game. Uh, The only other running back with a career average over 18. Now, this is is going far back, so I don't think there was fantasy back then, but is none other than the Hall of Famer Jim Brown. He would have had 18.62 points per game that's yeah, good company to oh, yeah. have jim brown as the only other name on a list besides ezekiel elliott yeah after that we have a little bit of a difference um of course you have your boy alvin kamara mm-hmm. at six and deandre hopkins seven and odell beckham jr at eight and i have those same three in a different order mm-hmm. 
I have DeAndre Hopkins at six, OBJ at seven, and Kamara at eight. And of course, if you're in there and you can get any one of those three guys, you're you're gonna be happy. Right. Now the reason I have DeAndre Hopkins up there is this guy can play with anybody. And now he's got a quarterback that can ball out. Because since two thousand fourteen, mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins has averaged sixteen plus PPR points per game. When playing with Deshaun Watson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. Ryan Mallett, Brian <laughs> Hoyer, Tom Savage, TJ Yates, and even Brandon Whedon. Oh, the man. only quarterback that he couldn't do that with when he only averaged 12.2 PPR points in the 14 games he played was with Brock Osweiler. And I tell you what, though, 12.2 points with Brock Osweiler, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I, I would take that. Like that tells you how good of a guy he is throughout the years. He can be with all of them quarterbacks, and I would say two of them are decent. I mean, Watson's pretty good, and I'd say Fitzpatrick is decent. Everybody else, Hoyer was okay, I guess. Everybody else was kind of like, uh, yeah. So if he can do yeah. that with all of them guys and do what he did with Brock Eisweiler, hey, he's kind of worth that pick up there. Oh, it's insane i mean he has been talked about with oh well you know he's had whatever quarterbacks force feed him the ball well that might (laughs) be true but even brock osweiler could get him over 10 ppr points in a game and brock osweiler was the worst decision (laughs) that the texans organization has ever made so Uh, yeah all right after that uh well we're not going to talk about elvin kamara everybody knows about elvin you've talked about elvin we're done talking about elvin kamara (laughs) Elvin. (laughs) the other guy in those three uh we have obj at seven and eight and i just i love what i'm seeing from him he went into otas when a lot of other superstars don't participate in those Uh, i think he wants to prove something this year and if you can get him i mean i we did uh a mock earlier at least i did a mock earlier where obj was going like 9 10 11 i mean Man, if you can get OBJ at the turn after the first round, you were getting a steal. Yeah, I actually did one, and he was with like the fifteenth pick, and I was like, "What the heck's going on over here? Like, how is he falling that far?" I was, I thought it was a steal if you get him at ten, because I, I think he's going to be that good. And if you compare him to Hopkins, it's really not that far off. I would, I would assume this year. Oh no, no, I, I believe they're in for a very, very similar right. season. I think maybe DeAndre Hopkins might have some bigger single games, but yeah. I think they're if you get either one of those and that that'll be just fine for you this year. Okay, our next two uh, again are flip flopped, but in the first round it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, you have Kareem Hunt yep. at nine and Leonard Fournette at ten, and I have them the opposite: Fournette at nine and Hunt at ten basically interchangeable i've been coming around a lot more on leonard fournette after looking Mm -hmm. at his stats a little more in depth and man if he if he plays the way he did at the beginning and the end of last year wow oh yeah i'll take him at eight nine ten all day long Mm -hmm. yeah he's definitely somebody that i've been kind of sort of high on i understand last year with all that stuff that happened and it was kind of confusing but yeah, he's definitely going to be up there. I'm high and I'm low. I'm I like it. I'm a little worried, but I'm not. I, 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 he's one of the most confusing guys 
that if you take him in the first round, it's get it's really hard for me to look at it and be like, I need to get a running back, and he's really the only guy left. If Hunt went before him, he's the only guy left. But do I really want that right here? But I I would probably take him if if he was available at that spot. Yeah, and the only reason I have him over Hunt is because of the fact that Hunt had a 325 touches. Yeah. Uh, since 2000, only five other players have had 325 plus touches when they were a rookie. And of those five, only one saw an increase in touches, and that was Ladanian Tomlinson, mm-hmm. who is the best fantasy back of all time. Mm-hmm. The other four, Matt Forte, Doug Martin, Ezekiel Elliott, and Alfred Morris, saw a decrease in touches. Yeah. So, it stands to reason, especially with uh, Spencer Ware and Charkandrick West still in the mix, that maybe they won't give him as many looks as they did last year. So, you're saying Kareem Hunt's not going to be Ladanium Tomlinson? I have a feeling he might not quite oh, reach that echelon. No. <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. <laughs> that would be awesome if he did. It would be insane. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid has had some good running backs, so maybe he can uh, go down as having the best or second best running back in fantasy football mm-hmm. okay number 11 in the first round michael thomas we both have him there we both love michael thomas and yeah. are going to take him as our what is that the third wide receiver off the board oh fourth wide receiver off the board so yeah. i think he is one of the safest guys out there um he scored 285 or 258.5 ppr points last season and now that's two 250-point campaigns to start his career, and there are only two other wide receivers that have accomplished that feat. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me who those are? That would be Randy Moss and Odell Beckham Jr. Now that is as about as good as companies you can get, and that's the only two to do it. I mean, it would be something else if it was Randy Moss, uh, T.O., Odell Beckham, uh, Antonio Brown, and all these other big-name players, but these are the only two guys to have done that besides him. So it's like, all right, I kind of think that this guy is on the right path. Now, that being said, I've said this before, once Drew Brees is out of the picture, you might not want to have this guy. He'd still be something, but Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks to ever have played the game. So we'll see how long that lasts, as long as Drew Brees lasts, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long Drew Brees is going to keep playing. But you would think that that organization would bring in somebody to learn from Drew Brees. Yeah. And if they don't, yeah, I will have an, uh, some hesitation on Michael Thomas from here on out. But he is the most consistent guy at the wide receiver position. We touched on mm-hmm. him during our Julio Jones episode. And this guy, he just puts up the points every single week yeah so you can't go wrong if you're at the end of the first round or have that uh 12 13 first second round turn pick he, he if you can get him there yeah, great yeah he's in some of the mock drafts too he's going in the second round in the middle of the second round which i'm thinking is crazy but <laughs> i would take him there and there's no there's no doubt there's really nobody else there at that point that i would not take over him and i think it's just because he's not exciting you don't get yeah. those 50 point julio jones games and the three touchdown odell beckham jr games you just get the consistency that wins you championships yeah 
Completely agree. And to round out our first round, we both have a running back, uh, but they're a little different. <laughs> you have Dalvin Cook yep. higher than me, which is surprising. You have convinced me <laughs> to put him up That's there. That's awesome. I, I kept looking at it. He's like, you know what? Yeah, it's only been four games, but these four games are awesome. And I saw his Florida State stuff, and it's just like, he's really good. Now, I still am a little wary about it, but I would still take him in the first round. If I had to. Oh, sure. I mean, at the end of the first round, you're going to get back-to-back picks or almost back-to-back. Right. So wherever you take him in there, it's not like you're passing on six other guys exactly. to take him at that point. Uh, meanwhile, I have Melvin Gordon at the end of my first round, and I think just by pure volume in that offense, if he stays healthy, he's going to score a ton of points. So Melvin Gordon hasn't disappointed us too much yet, and I think he's in for another big year. Yeah, we're going to find out um, because I really do like him. I like anybody that's out of Wisconsin, to be honest, but that's a little biased, but yeah. just a little bit. Um, yeah, he's the thing is, is that they lost Hunter Henry, so when they pass it, they're going to have to pass it to somebody else to dump off. Hunter Henry was a d- kind of a dump off guy, and right now they don't really have a guy to replace Hunter Henry. Now they could go get Gates, and they could <laughs> try with the guys they have, but I would assume that this means a little more for Gordon. Yeah, it very well could, and it could mean an increased role for the backup Austin Eckler that we yep, talked about I agree with that a couple too. episodes ago. So you might see him both on the field. Uh, Although if that defense does what people are hoping they can do, they might yeah. not need to pass the ball as often as they have been. But time will tell with that one. Uh, we're going to move right along into round two. Round two. Fight! Your first player in round two is Melvin Gordon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mine, still not Dalvin Cook, oh, but man. I put Saquon Barkley at the beginning of round two. Oh, yeah. I know you're not a big fan of that. I think he is worth the risk because you're at the turn. So you're getting two guys. Yeah. So if you take a guy like Michael Thomas and then you follow it up with Saquon Barkley, if you're in a league that doesn't have Saquon Barkley going insanely high, yeah. I think it's worth that risk. I don't know. I'd rather take the risk on Cook on the turn because, like I said, he's had a little more experience in the NFL. I mean, it's only four games. I said four games about 500 times (laughs) when starting this podcast. But I'm telling you, I'd rather see that than no games. And right now we see no games out of Barkley in the NFL. That's professional-level stuff. So I'm not saying he's not good, and I'm not saying he's not going to be that good. I just I don't like taking the risk on somebody I haven't seen. And as we get uh, more through our third and fourth round, you'll see where I have less risk as well yeah then we're going to move on to your the other guy you're in love with christian mccaffrey mm-hmm. and i finally have dalvin cook that's at 14th overall yeah not much to say we've both talked about those guys we love both of them uh after that you have mike evans and i have christian mccaffrey <laughs> we're finally getting to some of those wide receivers yeah mike evans Man, that guy is such a back-and-forth guy, and it's not even like he is bad Like for a few games during the season. It's like he either has a bad year or a great yep. year. And last year he had a bad year. Yep. So <laughs> it stands to reason that this is going to be another one of his good years. That's part of the reason I have him up there. It's not all of it because I can't go on all of that, but some of that is I, I like having somebody who – 
I don't like having a wishy-washy player, but when somebody's wishy-washy, I'll take it when I know or I think that that wishy-washiness is on the upside. Yeah, and that upside cannot come at a greater time for him. Exactly. Or Jameis Winston, because last year he was so unreliable. Yeah. He had as many games with fewer than seven, this is standard fantasy points, as he did with games with <laughs> double digits. Yeah. Evans also failed to reach 16 standard points in a single game all season. Mm. So without catches, we're talking he never had a game with 100 yards and a touchdown. Mm. That's ridiculous. And then over his last 10 games of the season, Evans finished in the top 10 in PPR points once. Mm. What's worse he ranked out of the top 28 times, including one game where he was suspended. And of those eight <laughs> instances, Evan ranked out of the top 60. 60, oh. not 16. Not 1-6. 6 Top 60. Four times. Oh, man. Wow. So Yeah, that doesn't look then, good. <laughs> no, it doesn't look good. So I, that's why I think we're both very high on him this year yeah. is because it can't get worse than last year cuz no he way. did have he was second in end zone targets last year with 20 so if he can have that same amount of end zone targets and come away with more than his five touchdowns he's going to shoot right back up the board i mean yeah. every other year he scores 12 touchdowns so i'm assuming he's going to score 12 touchdowns again this year. <laughs> i sure hope so cuz i ha- i have him <laughs> in the in the flag league that we're in together and man, I would love it because I got that team that I have is pretty stacked. So I would love if he goes off. All right, the next player we both have, uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, again, he was uh, a godsend to yeah. fancy people last year after being hurt in years previous. Uh, then you have Barkley finally yeah. on your list, and then I have Devonte Adams. We're finally getting into the core of the wide receivers mm-hmm. in this second round. You you then have Devonte Adams, where I have. Uh, Mike Evans. Right. So we're a little further yeah. apart on Evans. I can totally understand that. Though. Yeah, well, of course. Um, and speaking of Devontae Adams, there were only two wide receivers that had 10 or more receiving touchdowns last year, DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. It's the fewest since 1990. <laughs> we're only Jerry Rice and Andre Rice. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, Hopkins also was the only wideout to put up 1,000-plus receiving yards and have the 10 touchdowns. So <laughs> Devontae Adams, he had a little bit of trouble getting the yardage with Brett Hundley last mm-hmm. year, but he still got the end zone look. So I think uh, we might see a little improvement on that when Aaron Rodgers is back on the Yeah, field. there's no doubt about that. Then we go to uh, Julio Jones and A.J. Green. Both of us have him right there back-to-back. I just want to say one thing about Julio. I know we've covered him okay. before, but doing the mock drafts that I've done in the last few days, Julio is going way too early. So if you're one of them people taking him in the first round, please just pick somebody else. I, it, it It's not that I don't think he'll be good. He's just, you can get him in the second round. Like, you don't have to get him in the first round. Oh, no. No, uh, we've covered Julio in depth. And the last thing I'm going to say about that is Steve Sarkeesian (laughs) tried to get Julio the football and scoring position more often last year. He finished third for the most end zone targets right behind Mike Evans with 19. Mm -hmm. Still just two of those 19 targets went for touchdowns. Yeah, it's crazy. What is wrong with that? I don't understand how you can throw to Julio, 
who is as tall and as athletic as he is, can only come up with two touchdowns out of those 19 targets. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. I mean, you would assume that that's not going to happen again this year. So I would assume that he's going to get some more touchdowns this year. But this is just a Julio concept. I just, I don't know. I don't feel it because if you only get two touchdowns, I mean, come on. You can't, you can't take that in the first round. You have to have somebody prove it to you before that. I mean, he's proven it in the years past, but you've seen the steady decline as he's gone down. So I I can't do it. Nope, and one of those guys that I think is still going to keep him from getting touchdowns is Devontae Freeman. Yeah. Uh, I have him uh, as 21st overall, uh, 11th, or sorry, 9th in the second round, or you have Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Ninth and Devontae Freeman, 10th in the second round. Yeah. So we're pretty close on those. You are a little higher on Tyreek Hill than I am. Explain yourself. Well, I just think that Tyreek Hill is one of them electric players. They got two electric players on that team, and I don't know what's going to happen with that. But Tyreek, he's, he's one of these guys that just he can make something happen. He's like, watch, it's like watching a kickoff or punt return every time he has the ball he can just boom and then shoot out of there and just get a touchdown and so it's like that's that's the kind of player I want to have on my fantasy team somebody who can just burst it and get a bunch of points on one play and then he could do that again and again and again possibly so we'll see because I know they got a new quarterback and it's all going to be different but I think I'd still like him higher. I, would, I wouldn't I would mind if I saw him in the third round because I would still be fine with that. But I think he's a second-round type of player for me. Excellent, excellent. The one play that I remember from last year, even though the Chiefs ended up losing that game, which was also mm-hmm. heartbreaking for me because it was against the Cowboys. <laughs> and it was right before the end of the half. And they just gave Tyreek a little dump off and then he just wiggled his way through the entire Cowboys defense it was a thing of that beauty. was a night game wasn't it I don't think oh, so man. I think we were actually at work when that happened really oh boy don't tell anybody because I remember watching it so <laughs> oh well that could be yeah, it could be okay uh the next on our list um I have LaShawn Shady McCoy at 10 you have him at 11 mm-hmm. and man I love Shady. I always will love Shady. Yep. But he's 30. He's that naughty, naughty number to say when you talk about running backs. But, man, he's still producing. And he's still the guy. I mean, unless they get somebody else that can take over that role. he's. I don't. He could play another three or four years, I think, and still be productive. I don't know if he wants to. That That's a different story. But I, he's still going to be the guy to get them all them points, all them catches. They don't have anybody else back there right now. No, they sure don't. And his track record proves himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, he finished seventh in PPR points among running backs last year. And he has scored the most PPR points of any non-quarterback since 2009. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So, I mean, if you... If you have one of the first picks in the draft and you have to settle for Le'Veon Bell or Todd Gurley and you want to get that second running back, Shady's going to be there towards the middle, late part of that second round. Yep. So maybe you can pick him up on the way back. Yeah, there's no doubt. I I love Shady this year. And I think that depending on who you get in the first round, I think Shady is an excellent guy to have in your second round. Uh, and then to round out the round for you, you have Jordan Howard where I have yeah. him – Second to last in the round where I have Jerick McKinnon sneaking mm-hmm. into the second round. And I know you don't like that one, but... I'm 
I really like the potential of Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, there's no doubt he's got potential. And I would put him higher. I just really don't feel it out of him. I, I don't know why everybody's super high. There's some people really high on him, like really high. They think they're that he's better than Christian McCaffrey and all these other players. I was just like, no, I just don't see that happening this year. I don't think he's a bad guy to own. I'd surely have him, but I just don't think that he is as high as people are going with him right now. No, he probably shouldn't be. Uh, I had a hard time figuring out who to put at the end of my second round, um, and maybe I'm a little biased. I traded for Jarek McKinnon in a league yeah. when Adrian Peterson was thought to have maybe missing the season for suspension or whatnot. So I traded for him then. I gave up a couple of draft picks, and I really haven't gotten to use him much. <laughs> Last year was an exception for a few games, but I'm hoping maybe this is the year that I get to use him all season long. Yeah, that was, we'll, we'll have to find out. He definitely has the opportunity there. Okay, we will move along to round three. Round three. Fight! Uh, this is a bad round. We talked about it during our mock draft, and I think we both kind of agreed that we like tight ends during yeah. this round, depending on where you are. Uh, we'll we'll run down your list really mm-hmm. quick, and then we'll run down mine and give some insight on that. Yours, pick one. Well, you have Jarvis Landry yeah. in there. I know that's why you where you like him, where you think he'll end up, but not probably where you'll draft no. him. No. Uh, I really think Landry will be a stellar guy. Again, it's one of those guys that you convinced me on. Because, you know, once you tell me something, I have to look it up and find it out for myself. And I'm like, you know what? I really do think he's going to be pretty good this year. And I think he's worth taking in the third round. Now, I don't think you have to do that. You can wait, get somebody else in that third round. I make an argument for a tight end. We can get into that a little later. But I would say wait for Landry, but know that he's worth it. Yes, uh, you know my feelings on right. him. Uh, then you've got T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, then your trio of tight ends, Ertz, Gronk, and Kelsey, yep. followed by a trio of running backs, Mixon, uh, McKinnon finally on your side, mm-hmm. and Darius Geis. Yep. And then round out with the trio of wide receivers in Baldwin, Jeffrey, and Diggs. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, on my side, I basically start off with the tight ends and mix in a couple of people in between. I think Gronk is probably the best potential as long as he stays on the field healthy. I love Gronk in the third round. Uh, I love Tyreek in the third round, who's my number two in that round. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz, Larry Fitzgerald, Travis Kelsey. I like all those guys about the same. I want to say one quick thing. I went and I did all my stuff, and I realized I left one really big guy off of my list and that was Larry Fitzgerald and I was just like how could I possibly have done that but yeah I have to say that because I feel really bad about it I really like Fitzgerald this year and I just just completely forgot about him well we'll forgive you this time (laughs) but we're not going to tell Larry Fitzgerald you did should I write a letter to Fitzgerald you should. Oh, maybe you, you got a letter going out to Drew Brees <laughs> maybe, already. Maybe so next let's episode. Get one out to Fitz. Okay. <laughs> All right. The uh, rest of my third round is Doug Baldwin, Derek Henry, who was mm-hmm. not on your third round nope. list. Uh, Joe Mixon, T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, a lot lower than you, uh, and then I have Stephon Diggs and another favorite running back of mine, Alex Collins, yeah. for the upcoming season. So 
the third round, we have them comparatively all over the place, but we can both pretty much agree that the tight end should be in the top. I would, if you can, if they're still available in the third round, I would take a tight end. And I'm just going to get into a little bit of what what we like to call TTS. It's going to be real quick. It's not going to be nearly as long as the last one. But I went and looked at the ADP for round three, and I found all the guys in there. And Ertz was at the very bottom, and Gronk wasn't even on there because they had him in the second round. And they had Kelsey towards the top. The only two guys that I could see, maybe T.Y. was on this list too, but I, I could see you taking Hill, I could see you taking Thielen and T.Y. Hilton, depending on how you are on them. But you have to take, in my opinion, a tight end there. Because if you rank them by what they scored last year in an average of their points per game, Tyreek was number one, which isn't a surprise. Travis Kelsey was two. Okay, so this is what we're talking about already. Thielen was three, and then Zach Ertz, which is at the very bottom, was four. So is I, I know it's a new year, and you can't take everything from what the previous year was, but that's pretty telling to me. And then the other thing I did was I took Zach Ertz's uh, average points per game, and then I went down the list one spot to Delaney Walker, and I minused Ertz's points per game from uh, Walker's points per game, and it was 3.157. So that's... Three points that you could be missing just from one step down. I mean, imagine if you go down <laughs> another 10 steps to like Charles Clay or something like that. I mean, that would be a, a big drop in, in points per game. So that's telling you how worth it yeah, a tight end is there. And then I did that with Amari Cooper, who was just above Zach Ertz in the ADP. Amari Cooper, okay, I took his average points. And then I found the next player down, which was Pierre Garcon, okay? And I Minus his average from Pierre's, and it was point two one one. So that is, it's what I'm saying here is that tight ends are worth more because when a wide receiver can get taken, and then the next wide receiver on the list is just barely worse than the other, you can find another wide receiver. And to just to make my point a little clearer, I did a really silly, ridiculous mock draft. I took Gronkowski in the first. And then I took Kelsey in the second and Ertz in the third. Now, I do not suggest this, folks. Don't do this. No, please don't do this. Don't that. do this to make a team because you're not going to you're probably not going to win. But after that, I had a pretty decent draft still and I I feel like I I could have fielded a decent team, a competitive team. Not a team I think would win at all, but you I, that's what I'm saying is you can still if you kick your first two guys and you get really good guys in the first two rounds and then you take one of these three tight ends you're going to have a really good team so i would just i would suggest doing that i think to put it in simpler terms what you're saying is when round 3 hits you either have to make the decision that you're going to get a tight end or you may as well wait until like the 7th, 8th, or ninth exactly. round because there's no point. Yeah, there's really not a point. I mean, I get some people on Walker because, you know, he can be really good. He had a kind of off year last year, I think, just a smidge. But, yeah, I would just, just take the guys that you know. And I, I see the argument for Jimmy Graham this year. I understand that too. But just take the guys you know are going to get you your points for tight ends because it's worth it. And just to expand on your thoughts there on tight ends, because it was a brutal year last year, uh, a mere eight players at the position scored 150-plus PPR points. Mm -hmm. 
is the fewest since 2008. For the second straight season, three tight ends, Kelsey, Gronk, and Ertz, reached 200-plus PPR points. The last time there were fewer than three tight ends to hit that mark was 2010, Mm -hmm. when Jason Witten surpassed that mark. (laughs) Not a single tight end last year reached 85 catches. Mm. The last time that happened was in 2003, when Tony Gonzalez led the position with 71 catches. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a bad year. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That's a bad year. And only a combined five tight ends had 700-plus receiving yards last season. The last time five or fewer tight ends reached 700 yards was in 2003, when that same Tony Gonzalez and Shannon Sharp reached that mark. Oh, wow, yeah. Now, here's my favorite stat for last season and this is when it's for all the marbles <laughs> the highest scoring tight end in the fantasy playoffs weeks 14 through 16 wasn't gronk wasn't kelsey wasn't zach Ertz. it okay. was eric ebron oh man he scored 51 ppr points in those three weeks wow that's so if you just happen to have him on your team, you still have to get him in your lineup somehow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, tight end. I think if you want to succeed this coming year, third round tight end is where we have it. Yeah. And I want to throw one more in there for you Jets fans and for Tom. Oh, come on now. Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> the Jets haven't had a single tight end finish in the top five in fantasy points at the position since Johnny Mitchell oh ranked my fifth goodness. in 1994. <sighs> For all you players listening out there, the average cost of gas that year was a buck oh nine, and Pulp Fiction and Forrest Gump had just been released. Oh no! Oh, that's so, horrible. The Jets do not have a good track record with tight end, so just yeah. cross that one off your list right now. <laughs> okay, real quick, we're going to do our round fours. Um, okay. Round four, fight! This one is all over the place. We've yeah. got uh, Tom with Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks, Amari Cooper, Derek Henry, Juju, Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, and then a whole slew of the top quarterbacks. <laughs> and that's just because it gets to be who knows what you're getting. So if you're just yeah. uncomfortable, you might as well pick up Aaron Rodgers if he falls that far, Deshaun Watson. I, I don't condone getting a quarterback within the first four rounds, but there are times that I've every mock draft I've done, somebody's taking Aaron Rodgers in the third round. Every and I'm time. just like, every single time. And it's just crazy to me. But I'm just saying, if you really, really, really want to get one of these top-tier quarterbacks, you're going to have to take them in the fourth round. You're, you're not going to be able to wait. Very I true. don't like it, but that's what you'll have to do. And on my side of things, uh, my fourth round goes as follows. Demarius Thomas, who I'm still – Fairly high on, yeah. I think. I think Keenan can keep him fantasy relevant. Yeah. Um, Josh Gordon, who I've seen go in the third round, which I think is a little too early. Uh, then you've got some running backs, Kenyon Drake and Jay Ajayi. I'm not high mm-hmm. on them for fantasy purposes, but if you're going to take them, you're going to have to do it no later than the early fourth round. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I also have Juju in the same spot Tom does. Alshon, 
Then I have Rashad Penny, who is my only other rookie running back in the top four rounds. And that is what I was talking about earlier with the consistency. I don't know about the other rookie running backs, but I know Rashad Penny has every chance to get 300-plus carries this year for the Seahawks. Yeah, he's definitely going to have his opportunity, and that's basically where I put him on my list. The only other rookie running back I put above him besides Barkley is Geis, and I think Geis has a, a pretty good opportunity as well. I, I would take Geis before, I, before Penny, but I completely understand it i mean like i said these guys are unproven so guys could just fall off the map he could be somebody that just complete garbage this year i don't know but we'll have to find out and i totally understand the penny thing that you were saying uh and then to round out my fourth round i have amari cooper julian edelman brandon cooks mark ingram i snuck in there just because i think he's still worth a shot and my boy Jarvis Landry, who I would take in the fourth round pretty much anywhere, depending on my team makeup. But Yeah, there's no doubt. I've, we already discussed that. But I wanted to say something about Ingram. He's one of them guys, if you have a stellar running back, if you think you got the guy, Ingram is one of them guys. He could really give you a huge boost after week four. So that's one of them guys. I do not sleep on him. I like him in the fourth round. I didn't put him there, but if I would have kept going, he probably would have been my first guy in the fifth round. One of the players in that round, Juju Smith-Schuster, he holds the mark for last year's longest receiving touchdown, who scored on a 97-yard catch against the Lions in Week (laughs) 8. The 15.7 standard fantasy points he scored on that one play is more than Demarius Thomas scored in any one game over the last oh. two seasons. Oh, that makes it even worse. <laughs> yes, oh, my gosh. He has had some issues with quarterbacks in the last two years. So <laughs> that is, hopefully that Case Keenum can get him back down to a you know fantasy-relevant wide receiver. Yeah, that is one amazing little stat you pulled out of the hat right there just to put in perspective you know you talked about the wide receiver Amari Cooper to Pierre Garçon rankings the wide receivers feel like they're a dime a dozen yeah and a few more stats to put that into perspective some weird odd ones that I've never thought about before but I, I read it and I thought I would like to share it with everybody Uh, Wide receivers failed to score over 17,000 combined PPR points this season for the first (laughs) time since 2011. I I can't even fathom how that is like in my brain. (laughs) 17,000 PPR points. But what's more, the difference in PPR points between running back and wideouts is its fewest since 2009. So running backs, wide receivers getting a little bit closer together in scoring You can wait on some wide receivers, it Mm -hmm. feels like. It does feel that way, and that's exactly what I was trying to say in my point earlier with the Cooper Cup, or not Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper. I like Cooper Cup, by the way. That's true, we do. I know you like (laughs) him. Uh, And a couple more stats to just back up that last one. Uh, A total of 13 wide receivers reached 1,000 receiving yards last year. The last time 13 or fewer wide receivers hit that mark was 1993. Oh, man. To put that into context, Tom Brady was 16 years old. Oh, boy. He could probably still be amazing at 16 years old. Oh, I'm sure he was. (sighs) You got all sorts of awesome stats today. I'm loving these stats. These are great. Thank you. I don't know what it is, but I kind of I have a fetish when it comes to odd and weird <laughs> stats. So you're going to keep hearing them from here on out. <laughs> so on the flip side of the wide receivers, uh, a total of 14 running backs had 50-plus okay. receptions last year. 
Nice. That's the most in a single season since 1995 when 16 running backs reached that mark. Wow. Yeah, so that cool. might be one of the big reasons that the running backs and wide receivers are as close together as they are now. Oh, I hope you enjoyed our breakdown of the first four rounds, but I want to do one more thing, and that's to bring back our ESPs. ESP. Early season predictions. My ESP is none other than Derek Henry. Now, every ESP I have done so far has been a positive ESP. I kind of don't like Derrick Henry this year, and I know a lot of people do, so you're probably going to get on me, but I just got this horrible feeling about it. But anyway, last year, he performed well enough to get, wait for it, top 40. Yikes. Wow. Uh, I mean, will he have more production this year with Murray out of the picture? Sure. But he's basically taking over Murray's role, and Deion Lewis will be taking some of the carries from Henry. So I think he'll improve from top 40 to top 30. That's, I can't. Um, I, yeah, huge jump. Uh, but it's just I can't imagine he goes much more than that. I just don't have a feeling about him I actually do have a feeling about it and it's not a good one it's a nasty one but I've seen too many people taking Henry too early I'm not high on him so I probably won't touch him this year I was really high on him when he came out of college yes I do remember you were all yeah. over him you wanted to trade up in our flag did. rookie draft to try and get him mm -hmm. but the Titans decided to move on from her and they decided that Henry couldn't take the full workload, and so they went out and got Lewis. I project that they will split their touches about 60-40 or so, somewhere around there. I don't know for sure. And that just that won't allow Henry to improve to where he's getting drafted. I'd be cautious on Henry. I'm not saying don't draft him. I'm saying wait on him if you can. If you're high on him, then okay you do what you want to do i just i just got this nasty nasty feeling about it well that's not good uh i've got him up there in the third round i would not take him this is a caveat to why i have him in the <laughs> third round i would not take him if i had taken a project type player like saquon barkley in the first two rounds i would stay right. steer way clear of him because right. he is right now we just don't know for whatever reason the Titans felt like they needed to get Deion Lewis. Maybe he's yep. just the receiving back. Maybe he's going to be the Christian McCaffrey of the Titans. And yeah. Derrick Henry will be the C.J. Anderson, and he'll get all the goal line work, which in a That's standard league, that would be awesome right. for you. Right. But in a PPR, I think Deion Lewis will probably outscore Derrick Henry by a decent margin. Yeah, I wouldn't... Uh... I just, I just got this really bad feeling about Derrick Henry. I just can't touch him this year unless he falls really far, which would have to be quite a ways. And I don't have a bad feeling about my player. I have okay. a really good feeling about my player. Okay. And we're going to go all the way back up to the second round, in the top half of the second round. And that man is Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah. 
I know there's a lot of people that are already high on him. And when I first started thinking about him this year, I was like, wow, Devontae Adams in the second round. That seems too high. <laughs> but if you keep looking at what he did with the inept Brett Hundley, mm. I can't help but think he is going to just go off this year. That's a good point. Really good Aaron point. Aaron Rodgers, I think, has a huge chip on his shoulder. And Devontae Adams is going to just explode. It's not like he was bad last year. But I think he is going to put up Jordy Nelson numbers from years past, finally, now that Jordy's out of the picture. Mm -hmm. And I want to bring up one thing, since we're on Jordy Nelson. This was a sore spot for us last year because we did have him in a league we did (laughs) together. Because Jordy Nelson was a second-round fantasy football pick for many years. I mean, he was edging on first round at Mm -hmm. one point. So last year... Former second-round fantasy football pick Jordy Nelson scored at least one touchdown and 13-plus standard points in each of his first three games of last year. Okay. That includes a game against the Chicago Bears where he scored two touchdowns and 19.5 standard points. Those games were all with Aaron Rodgers, of course, Mm -hmm. who went down in Week (laughs) 6. In Jordy's final nine games of the season, only one of which came with Rodgers under center Week 15... Nelson didn't score a single touchdown. In fact, his combined standard points in those contests were 19.2, which was .3 fewer than he scored against the Bears alone Mm. in Week (laughs) 4. That is insane. That is how much Aaron Rodgers makes a wide receiver. And he is going to make Devontae Adams... I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say (laughs) Devontae Adams is going to outscore Odell Beckham Jr. this year and be a top three wide receiver. Wow, that's a big one. That's a real big one. I said I had a really good feeling about that. So (laughs) I am going to be taking Devontae Adams if he is anywhere near the middle of the second round. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, he's definitely one of them guys. He's going in the second round. Every single one of the drafts I've done, he's going in the second round. And I've always considered it, but I've always, I feel like I've strayed away from it. I don't know why, because what you say makes a lot of sense. And well, everything I say makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Okay, cut the episode <laughs> off. This is ridiculous. <laughs> all right, all right. That is going to wrap it up for episode seven of fantasy fuel we thank you for listening it was fun exciting and hopefully you can use some of this info to beat the crap out of everybody in your league this year tom and i would like to thank you for listening and supporting us we greatly appreciate the feedback we receive and love interacting with our listeners you can contact us with any questions you may have or line up roster advice on twitter at fantasy fuel facebook.com slash fantasy fuel and instagram at fantasy fuel podcast you can also reach us the old-fashioned way via email at fantasy fuel podcast at gmail.com thank you and remember to stay fueled up this fantasy season